Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac. I'm Dan McLaughlin, our producer this morning, Colin Surrey. On the program with baseball potentially getting rec- uh, ready to get back going, my guest will be Mike Schilt, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. Colin, what do you want to hear from Mike Schilt? I want to hear it all. I mean, there is so much that we've missed during this period of time where we've been without baseball. What's going on with Schilty? What's what's going on in his world, and how is he dealing with having all of his players removed from him? I know that's probably got to be pretty tough. Absolutely. We'll get into spring training 2.0, what that could look like, to his contact with the players, what they're doing to get ready, and what rules pique his interest in what will be undoubtedly a different-looking game. So I'll connect with Mike Schilt. Segment 2, the Air Comfort Service text line is open, 65780. Been getting some great texts, and I really appreciate the listeners uh, for that, because you make the show so really do appreciate that also drop me a mic drop on the rhino shield mic drop all right here we go and we start with major league baseball the players association major league baseball did meet yesterday to discuss getting a season going for 2020 that's what we all want to hear about most of the discussion was about testing protocols the rule changes Uh, some of it was roster sizes transaction rules they also addressed health and safety issues away from the ballpark what about the financial side that was not addressed yet john paul morosi baseball insider for mlb network i do believe that at the end of the day that both sides will realize the incredible importance in finding a way forward this year and that there will be an agreement to return to play economically now that's separate from the public health conversation but that the economics of this i believe will be agreed upon there is simply too much at stake to let economics be the reason you don't return to play the public health questions are frankly so much more important in a broader sense that they could very easily on their own prevent baseball from coming back but uh, both sides realize they cannot let economics be the reason i believe there will be an agreement and then it's going to be a question of a month from now is it safe to begin spring training and around the fourth of july is it safe to begin playing regular season games that's still about six weeks away six weeks ago our country was was in a very different spot and so uh, when you think about how much our country has changed in a very short amount of time uh it's, it's important to realize that the situation could evolve further in the next six weeks and hopefully hopefully i stress it's in a positive way yeah i agree and i also think and you may not agree with this but i do I think it was smart that we heard some of the economic part of this, that it was uh, leaked out to the media and the general public. Look, no matter what side you fall on, the players or the owners, as you hear aspects of this potential agreement come out, we all, every one of us can agree that we want baseball, I would think. And I do think it's important to play if it's safe enough for the players to get back on the field because this is about more than money. Don't you want to see a sense of normalcy back I do. Baseball provides that daily, nightly. It's something to look forward to. Indians manager Terry Francona agrees. If we're fortunate enough to get back to playing baseball, and I agree with you, I'm being optimistic because I really do think we can. I hope we do. I think we need to take our complaints and shove them in our back pocket. And regardless of whether there's crowds or whatever, we need to, we need to, like I said, try to treat it with so much respect, almost like a celebration, because I think baseball can be really good bringing back a sense of normalcy to to our country but it's not the time to complain about stuff and that that's that that wouldn't go over real well bingo spot on 
This isn't the time to complain. However, the health and safety issues are certainly legit. And I get it. Some will say, you're young, you're healthy, just go out and play. You're going to make money playing a game while many in our country are looking for work. But for some, this isn't about the money. There's more to this than saying just figure out the economics of it. Jeff Passan of ESPN. It's not just the fact that they're going to be in these municipalities. It's that they need to get the permission of politicians. They need to get the permission of governors uh, like T.J. Quinn from ESPN has reported. Rob Manfred has called all the governors in the states where baseball plays trying to get them to be on board. And something like that is really, really difficult to do considering we don't know what the spread of the coronavirus is going to look like. On top of that, when you're playing in home stadiums, as opposed to just one location, like they could have in the Arizona plan or Arizona and Texas and Florida, you're traveling. And when you're traveling, you are exposing yourself. And when you're exposing yourself to potentially catching the virus, again, that goes back to the health and safety issues. So a big part of this, health and safety issues. What about the testing, Jeff Passan? MLB and even the Players Association, honestly, have been pretty optimistic that getting the number of tests in place to do this is not going to be problematic by the time they get back. The question is, number one, how often are they going to be testing? And number two, what types of tests are they going to use? Are they going to be the, the rapid, you know, seven to 10 minute responses that people in the White House are getting right now? Or is it going to be more like a, a 24 hour situation where you get tested, everyone on the team gets tested and the swabs get shipped off to a different location? get results back within 24 hours. The, those are all issues that are high on the players' minds right now. And it's going to be interesting to see what they prioritize. I'm not sure if you saw this. This is interesting. Kind of flew under the radar. UFC president Dana White was asked about when fans could come back to his events. And subsequently, all sporting events. And he said that the White House was telling him that, quote, there's something you can lick and it will tell you if you have it or not. When we get to that level of testing, then you can start thinking of having fans again, end quote. Now, wouldn't that be interesting? So the way you go to a ball game, you got to lick something and you look at it and go, okay, you're, you're good. Nope, you're not. Go home. I mean, that's where we're at right now. Nuts. Odd, but convenient at the same time. The part of this that fans don't want to hear about, financial aspects of the deal. What if there isn't a season? And I've had a lot of people ask me about this. What could be the ramifications for both sides? And I'll start with the players. They wouldn't get paid beyond the lump sum of their $170 million negotiated back in March. They did that negotiation in about a two-week period. They don't play for a year. And that is huge when you consider in the scheme of things, baseball careers, sporting careers, players' careers, they're short. It's a tiny window to make their money. How about the free agent market for next season? Oof. Ouch. Wouldn't look the same in terms of dollars. They would make it a normal offseason. So even though you're getting that service time, you're Mookie Betts, you're Trevor Bauer. Hey, man, it's changed. It's not going to be the same. For the owners, no revenues coming in. You'd have to think that their franchise values would go way down. And it's going to take a long time to get those way back up. So you get the idea. It's in the best interest of all parties to get back on the field. Tim Kirchin, baseball analyst. This is a really bad look for baseball, and it will be this week, I'm sure, because if we can get through the most difficult issues, quarantine, 
and the virus and the scheduling and restructuring and the DH and everything else, if we can get past all of that and then the two sides can't come together on money, uh, that's going to be a really bad look for baseball, especially when baseball has a chance to seize a great opportunity here and be the only game being played. Um, so that's why this week is so, so important. It really is. And a part of this deal, there's been talk of a, like a taxi squad or having, as you've seen, Colin, uh, 50 players is part of this agreement. So you'd have your 26-man roster, maybe for every game it's like kind of like hockey, healthy scratches. You go to 30 so that players and pitchers are protected. Obviously, the pitchers more so because of what's going on. Um, every Wednesday on my website, scoopswithdannymac.com. I did this this morning with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. He covers baseball and specifically the St. Louis Cardinals minor league system. Well, I think it's just one more nail in the coffin. I, I, as we've discussed in recent weeks, Dan, you know, the odds of playing a minor league season all along didn't look good because the way that minor league teams make all their revenue is via tickets sold and, and concessions and, you know, all the game day revenue. And they don't have TV contracts. So you, you're not going to be able to play games in all these cities anyway because, you know, all the approvals won't be in place across all the 160 teams for minor league baseball. And there's and therefore the minor league owners aren't going to make any money. Therefore, the only hope would be that if organizations are allowed to bring 150, 200 players together in their spring training complex and have some type of a camp, you know, an extended spring training camp, you know, that would be maybe the way that organizations could, you know, get in a year or a partial year of development for minor league players. But right now, even that's not known. And Major League Baseball could easily say, hey, we got 50 guys to choose from. That's more than enough to cover any injuries or any problems that occur. We're just going to bag minor league baseball and, and pick it up in 2021. Boy, that one hurts. I love minor league baseball. And then I think about the development of Cardinals, specifically Matthew Libertor, who is exciting to watch in spring training. Nolan Gorman. Do you make them part of that 50-man taxi squad, if you will, or the 50-man roster just to have them work with Major League players. Uh, you're doing some of the the live, the quote-unquote live at-bats against Major League guys. Uh, the practice, being on the field, being in Major League ballparks, I mean, that's something to think about. You're going to take your top prospects and probably put them on this 50-man to make sure that, that that time period doesn't go away for development, but that one hurts. I love watching minor league baseball, and that's another aspect of the fallout from what's happening in sports, the minor leagues. The baseball conversation continues next segment with Cardinals manager Mike Schild. Okay, so you're asking, we're on the home of the Blues, 101 ESPN, what's happening with the NHL? NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman appeared on a virtual town hall, and he dismissed the notion that the season is over, the playoffs are over, there won't be a Stanley Cup awarded. He said, no, 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 not yet. He said he thinks they'll be able to play and finish this season. Darren Pang was a guest this morning with Randy and Michelle. No, I, I, I'm not turning on the negative side, but... Uh... You know, I, I can I keep in touch with uh, several of the players who, of course, they're with their union. I keep in touch with several general managers that see if they've got you know their thoughts on it as well, and uh, and it's kind of gone up and down. I mean, you know, last week the players were very you know they very convincing that that uh, uh, that they thought that they were going to get back there pretty soon and um, and get. You know, get, get get this kind of going. Um, asked a couple of guys yesterday. They're like, hey, I'm not so sure. I mean, we're preparing for it. You know, we're preparing like we're going to be 
you know, getting getting out of there, getting on skates and getting going because they are kind of antsy. What are we doing? Are we going out? Are we not going out? Are we able to skate? Are we not able to skate? So there are, you know, there are, there's, I'm sure there's a little anxiety with the fellas. But to answer your question, I think on a weekly basis, I go one way and then I go the other way. So I'm going to stay with my original thought that they will work their darndest to make sure that this gets done. So if they're now, you know, really seem to be convincing and all the insiders and all the writers uh, you know seem to now have a lot more uh, conviction in talking about a 24 team scenario well then that's that's to me that's uh sounds to me like that's what they're going to do at this particular point then you know what darren i'm with you anxiety yeah As a guy that makes a living off sports, and our crew does, and you do, and John Kelly, and everybody else, and we want to see sports back, yeah, there's anxiety with this. And I don't know about you, Colin, I go back and forth every day. I sit there and I say, oh, that's great news. I hear that. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. And then I think, well, reality checks in. Are, are they... Are they going to be safe? Is Do players feel safe? Oh, no, this guy doesn't like it. What that guy does... It's tough, man, because it just goes back and forth hourly. We're so immersed in the situation, it makes for a wild roller coaster ride. One release comes out, and it has you, like you say, feeling on top of the world. Okay, we're coming back. We're making progress. And then something else comes out. You hear Kirkjian saying, this is going to be a bad week. you know. But there is that little light at the end of the tunnel that we're all hanging on to at this moment. And for baseball, this is a huge week because time is of the essence. You're going to have to have spring training. Um, hockey can back it up just a little bit. The NBA probably will do so as well. So you've heard from Darren Pang. We've talked about baseball. The NBA, where do they stand? ESPN analyst Brian Windhorst. Starting on Friday, star players like Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, LeBron James, their their paychecks are going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars lighter than they were supposed to be. And if that isn't a motivating factor right now, I don't know what is. Um, There's a number of different committees working. There's secret committees. There's superstar committees. There's union committees. Everybody's got a committee, but I'm going to tell you that you're all going to come out with the exact same bottom line, which is this is going to be a study in risk tolerance. We're not going to have a cure and we're not going to have a vaccine in time for this season. So this is going to come down to the NBA building layers of protection. How much risk are you willing to accept? It's going to land ultimately, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but ultimately it's going to land on Adam Silver's desk and he's going to have to make the call and it's going to be one of the biggest decisions he's made in his career and all of the sports commissioners across all the sports are going to have to figure out where their risk tolerance is. That is exactly right. Risk tolerance is coming up. The NBA Players Executive Committee met met and voted on whether to continue their season and those top players voted yes. So all these leagues right now, they're all watching each other trying to figure out how to do this. Which of these leagues will be the first? Maybe baseball. We'll talk about it. What it might look like with Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. He's next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Well, there's so many things I miss about the baseball season not being with us. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we're going to have baseball at some point this summer. But one of the aspects I miss of not being around the ballpark is seeing the reigning manager of the year of the National League and the St. Louis Cardinals, and that is Mike Schilt. Mike, always good to hear your voice. I hope that you're safe and healthy and doing well. How are things going? Doing well, Danny Mac. I uh, miss you, man, and uh, excited to think about playing baseball again and hopefully seeing you soon. 
Absolutely. I, I would imagine that with the news that we keep hearing and, and you, you know, you're intimately involved in, in the game of baseball, it's hard not to pay attention to this stuff. How excited do you get about the prospect of potentially having baseball in 2020? Super excited, very optimistic, you know, with some caution there. We still have some hoops to uh, jump through and some hurdles to clear. Um, there's just a lot of moving parts, um, more so than I even realize, um, and find out more about them, you know, as we move forward. But the encouraging thing is, you know, everybody's motivated to play, everybody being players, owners, you know, clearly the commissioner's office. And so, you know, now we're getting to a point where there's a little more clarity and, like I say, optimism about being able to put together a plan that, has some legitimacy in holding up um, to allow us to, to play baseball again, hopefully, like I say, sooner rather than later. How often, Mike, have you been in contact with your players after everything was shut down? Uh, very often. You know, I've had a rotation that I basically um, talk to the guys, mostly on the phone one-on-one, um, in some cases through a, a Zoom platform, but effectively um, have spoken with, with every guy in, in a setting uh, at least, you know, once a week um, to make sure that, you know, initially a, they were safe and got back to their to their home bases and were just in a spot where they were, again, safe and, you know, had food and felt good. And, um, and then after that, once we realized people were in pretty good spots, you know, just checking in on the other doing, make sure they're still doing fine, the support system if they were, and then um, – you know, now we're getting to the point where we start to have some baseball conversations. What are those conversations are like? Pull back the curtain a little bit if you can, you know, in terms of what guys are doing and then maybe what they can expect with spring training 2.0. Well, there's varying degrees of guys' of, of abilities. Now as the country starts to open up, guys are having to have a little bit more um, resources and access. Um, by and large, pretty much every single player um, is in really good place um, emotionally, physically, um, the performance group, you know, from a physical standpoint, the working out standpoint, um, basically, um, you know, a high percentage of the guys had some access, whether through the home gym or something through uh, a friend or a family member or uh, a situation where it was safe. But there were, you know, a percentage of guys that didn't have anything. And our performance group was really proactive with them and getting them something they could do at home. Uh, almost immediately that allowed them to continue to work out and stay stay sharp. Um, so that part's been been real positive. I feel like the guys are in a good place and, and getting ready to, um, you know, mentally, physically ready to get going again. Mike Schilt is my guest, Cardinals manager. Mike, I know you eat, live, breathe baseball, so I'm sure you've thought about the scenarios of spring training. So tell our fans, you know, generally speaking, in this unique of all situations – how long does it usually take a player, position player, to get ready? And then how long do you think it will take for a pitcher, uh, in particular a starter, to try to be ready for a, you know, what we think could be an 80-82 game regular season? Yeah, so we're going to have an abbreviated spring train that's going to look around 21 days. And, you know, there's a reason that people have their own theories, whether it's a regular position player or a pitcher or starting pitcher. Um, but even the relievers have to go back-to-back and, and get built up to multiple innings. So the pitching side is usually pretty – pretty much the same um, with a different trajectory, whether a starter or a reliever. Um, the regulars feel like they don't need quite as long as that, that we have to, to get going. Um, the fact of the matter is, is you know, we're going to – we have 30 of our 40 days for the pitchers and 24 of our 34 days in the bank for our position players. Um, 
But, you know, we're looking at two-plus months of being away from that. So, well, we're not starting at a complete ground zero in some areas, but we are starting basically uh, a resource that, you know, says, you know, physically and you know, individually and collectively, you know, that we're going to have to ramp back up. And really, from a physical standpoint, um, we're going to need – and the guys are pretty much in a position – from pitching and position players standpoint, where now they can get out the active, they know what they need, um, but they're going to have to come in to, into camp, which they will, um, and we're in communication with them uh, to where they they are a little further along than they would typically be um, in a normal spring training setting, just just on the ramp ups. But we are making sure that a that you know the players understand and we understand with them um, what they can and can't do from a baseball standpoint, physical standpoint, and then we'll adjust and adapt, um, you know, their spring training to individually meet their needs and, and make sure they're they're healthy and, and being able to progress in a, an appropriate manner. W- would you anticipate, Mike, a, a piggyback system maybe initially with some of your starters? Is, is that being talked about or is that even being talked about around the game with a lot of different teams? I, you know what? I don't know. Internally, you know, we, we're, we're fortunate we've got, you know, we had a really good spring. Our starting pitchers was were in trajectory, you know, real positive. Um, there, were, there were, you know, a lot of competition for for the spots. You know, with Miles, the, you know, the time is going to be a positive for Miles Michaelis uh, to be able to come back. He's feeling good, so that's another, you know, spot in the rotation. You know, as far as piggyback goes, um, some of it will really be continued upon, Danny. The the length of time we get leading into spring training. So mm-hmm. if we were able to get, you know, a solid two to three weeks of, of lead time to a report date of that 21 day spring training, um, that'll be a, that'll be a, you know, real positive to get the starters built up appropriately, hit the ground running. Um, if we have to move the, the season back into the middle of July and still look to play that 78 to 82 game schedule type thing, um, and now you're looking at a few more doubleheaders to get that done a few less days off. Now you're looking at probably a, um, I wouldn't say a piggyback situation, but a, um, you know, maybe a, a, a higher, you know, instead of a five-man rotation, a six-man rotation type thing, uh, depending on what the schedule looks like. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't see. I think we're going to look, and I can't say this for sure, but my guess is there'll be an additional roster spots. Um Maybe just primarily for pitchers, and maybe a couple, two pitchers on the beginning active roster when the season starts. So I don't know if it'll be a piggyback situation necessarily. I wouldn't rule it out, but I think if, as we start, guys necessarily aren't filled up. Starters, from a starter standpoint, you know we've got more relievers to be able to get you to the to the end of the game. Um, Will that be an official piggyback? Sure. We, we hear so much, Mike, about the DH or doubleheaders, and they could be seven innings long or starting a winning run in extra innings uh, in scoring position. Do any of these things that you're hearing um, pique your interest? I'm just curious as a guy that loves this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, we've had some conversations about it. I think I don't know what's exactly in the proposal right now to the players. Um, from that standpoint, you know, from a DH perspective, you know, clearly I'd prefer to the games to be a national in a national league setting um, for a variety of reasons so it's a better game um, but uh, you know I think there is a a chance that the DH 
for this year at least to be in both leagues, especially if we end up playing a lot of interleague play in, in um, the AL Central, um, more so than normal to limit track. Um, as far as double headers go, you know, my hope is that, you know, we have a schedule that's more representative of what we're, what's normal um, for a variety of reasons, pitchers, position players. Um, but again, if we push back the start of the schedule uh, to the middle of July or something like that, double headers are going to be probably a part of the equation. At that point, I, I would be more than comfortable with um, the two seven inning games. I'm a traditionalist, um, but also recognize that we're in t- times that, you know, candidly just a reflection of, of, pro- of change for, for just common sense. And sure. I think, you know, being able to play a couple seven inning games, um, and then, you know, extra inning games, you know, based on um, the number of games and based on protecting guys' health and pitching, and people say, ah, you know, well, they, but it's real. You know, if you get in a situation, we, you know, I don't know what our minor league system is going to look like. That's that's going to be compromised, I'm pretty certain. And we're gonna, we will have some level of taxi squad. But, um, you know, player health is, is really important. And, and, you know, these guys are, as Tony would say, they're men, not machines. And um, so I do feel like it's smart to be able to, um, with the pitching, but also the position players, Dan. You know, I mean, these guys get out there and they ground every day, and I don't know that we're going to see an expanded roster for position players, so that may be a number of 13. So you're talking about double headers and, you know, guys going out there and playing without a lot of days off. Um, you know, it takes a toll. You know, it takes a toll on guys. So, um, you, know, the two se- you know, maybe two sevens would be fine. Having something in extra innings that says, um, you know, we start with a runner second. Um my suggestion was runner third for a couple reasons, but, um, you know, look, that's the game, you know, and it's been played like that internationally, first and second. Um, so it really gets down to be execution, and I always feel like we have a good chance when, when it gets down to execution. So um, it'll look different. I'm not opposed to it. Um, and, uh, you know, biggest thing is getting back on the field and playing. Absolutely. A couple more questions, Mike, and I'll let you go. Um, you, you mentioned the international game. Have you been paying attention at all to the KBO and just how that's been played with no crowd and, and just the different atmosphere? Have you, have you watched any of that? And then as a follow-up, just managing with no crowd. I, I assume you had that sometimes in the minor leagues, and what do you think that atmosphere will be like for a major league club? Well, I have watched the KBO. Um, it was just good to see a lot of baseball. I've been watching baseball and you know games that you've already seen or I have watched and managed a few games that uh, I've never seen before um, just to keep myself mentally going and sharp. Um, but, uh, you know, the KBO was good to watch and see and see a lot of baseball being played again. It was different. Um, but I think that importance of getting your head around different and creating a new norm is important to, for your focus um, and is going to be a, a big part of, of how individuals and teams compete well teams that are able to do it, the individuals that are able to do it. Um, but it was it was a little surreal, you know, seeing a seeing a game in a, in a big stadium without any crowd and, uh, you know, have experience with it um, and extended spring training. I mean, that's definitely a, a, a no crowd situation um, there. So, um, you know, in the, in the minor leagues, of course, you get higher in the minor leagues. You, you have an opportunity to, um, to, to get more of an opportunity to – play in front of crowds, you know, there's nothing really like Dan, and you know this, there's nothing really like playing uh, playing with a big league crowd, especially our crowd in St. Louis. Um, you know, it's just a special, special thing. There's a lot of energy to it, and, and um, you know, I just don't um, – I know it's going to be different, but, 
you know, it's no excuse. We'll, we'll miss the fans. Hopefully we as a country, more importantly, figure out how we can have bigger groups um, participate in what we do. Um, and then trickle, trickle into the opportunity for baseball to have more opportunity for, for fans to enjoy our game in person and us to get the enjoyment of working uh, in front of people that, that love the game, have passion for the game, clearly our fan base. Um, so, you know, it's just uh, it's something we'll have to get used to initially. And, and um, you know, I really think our group will mentally be able to make the adjustment the best of it to our ability for sure. Final question, uh, Mike Schilt. What do you miss most about the game and what are you most looking forward to that maybe you took for granted in the past, if you did take anything for granted in the past? Yeah, you know what? Uh, you always take things a little bit for granted. I've been, you know, in, res- in retrospect, you know, I, I feel pretty good and I always stay grateful for um, what we have, the opportunity to have to manage St. Louis Cardinals. amazing blessing. And, the, and, and, and just, you know, the game itself, the relationships, the, the players, the competition, um, you know, but what I've really missed has been the, the group, our staff, we're close, uh, our players, you know, it's a close-knit group. I love the, I miss the preparation, um, and I'm most looking forward to getting back to, to that and then, of course, the actual game itself and just seeing our guys go out there and compete and lay it out there is, is uh, something I'm really excited about getting back to. I know I, our fans, and I speak on behalf of, of them, I guarantee it, they can't wait to see you. We are one in Cardinal baseball. We miss it so much. And, and Mike, I miss seeing you soon enough. Hopefully we'll get together and we'll be able to talk about what's happening on the field for sure. But I really, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Yeah, Danny, always a pleasure. And have a blessed day, my friend. That is Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager here on 101 ESPN. Can't thank him enough for his time and his positivity as we look forward to the potential of baseball returning in 2020. What did you take away from hearing from the Cardinals skipper? The Air Comfort Service text line is open. Text us 65780-65780. Mike came to us in the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And drop me a mic drop as well. The Rhino Shield mic drop. He's one of my favorite people to deal with. He's been great to deal with from a media perspective. And I said at day one when he got hired, this guy's going to win. And he's going to win a long time here in St. Louis. That's Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. This is Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Here's the pitch. Right going on is in the left field. Hit number 3,000. A run is scored. Bucy Loran first on his way to second with a double. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That was May 13th, 1958. So this date in baseball and Cardinals history, the great Stan the Man would hit number 3,000. I was talking with Randy and Michelle earlier, Colin. You know what's cool? And they were asking who the coolest Cardinal is on this year's team. And I said, well, Colton Wong, he's got a lot of swagger. I like how he plays. Great player, obviously. But when you hit a home run the day you become a grandpa, dude, you are cool. That's amazing. And he did that. Unbelievably cool. And you just think about his place in Cardinal history. You can't build up the image of no. Sam Usual enough. I mean, it's it's incredible. It is. And uh, so he hits a home run the day he becomes a grandpa. Final at bat, he gets one past Pete Rose for base hit. He was the first Cardinal, by the way, to have his number retired. So that happened. 
Um, let's see, GM, yeah, GM in 67. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll run the team. Okay, he wins the World Series. Uh, yeah, I'll be part of the all-century team. Why not? And then to cap it off, I'll get the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Not bad. You're cooler than cool, and that's the great uh, Stan the Man. Let's go to some uh, mic drops. The Rhino Shield mic drop, the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. I love getting these. These are fun. Let's go to a mic drop with Scott. Hey, Danny Mac, love your interview with Mike Schilt there. Uh, just a question and uh, for you. How would you feel as if this season there was some sort of players that are on the roster, but they're inactive like we see with hockey and football and, and every other sport? So that way you wouldn't have to necessarily waste roster spots for a pitcher that just pitched the day before while simultaneously having younger players or maybe veteran players without a big role. Um, on the roster and in the lineup frequently to eliminate risk of injury. Yeah, it's a great point. Thanks for the uh, the mic drop. Also, <clears throat> I, I, I got to think about how you pay these guys. So part of having the 50-man um, taxi squad, if you will, so let's just say uh, Nolan Gorman is a part of that, okay? And you just wanted to give Nolan Gorman at the end of the season, let's just say for argument's sake that you're out of it, okay? So Nolan Gorman, though, is part of that 50-man taxi squad, and you want to give him some at-bats. Now, does he get paid the the one-day, what the, the minimum would be for a major league player? Does he get service time? I would think so. That's a big part of this. Now, players in the previous agreement back in March all will get a year of service time if you're on the 40-man roster. I, I find it incredibly intriguing. I do think part of having a 50-man roster is that, number one, you're protected. Number two, it is also about development of young players. So you don't have a minor league season, and by all accounts, it looks like there's no way that's going to happen. It hasn't been official yet, but it allows you at least to have these guys around. And I like what you're thinking. It's almost like hockey. So you have your, your active roster for that night, and this guy's a healthy scratch because Adam Wainwright on Tuesday pitched, and now we're on Wednesday, so he's... He's a healthy scratch. The guy that backed him up was Austin Gomber. He went three innings. He's a healthy scratch. And now I'm going to give you my 30-man, because I do think you're going to need a 30-man roster, at least initially, to be protected, especially with pitching. And I do think that's the direction that they would go. Let's go to a Air Comfort Service text line message. This is from the 314. Absolutely love Mike Shield. What is Shield's greatest challenge while all of these players are unable to physically be with each other? Also, Danny Mack, love the energy in the show. Uh, thank you so much. I think the challenge will be trying to figure out what these guys have been doing in preparation uh, for a season during quarantine. You know, they show up, let's say, early June, and what have you been able to do? Have you had access to a gym? Where are you physically? Where are you physically as a baseball player? Were you taking BP? Have you been throwing long toss? If you are a pitcher, have you been able to get on the mound? I mean, those are all legitimate questions. Some have, some haven't. And I'm assuming that if you're a player that has made a lot of money, you might have a home gym. But other players, they don't. Some of these guys do not have that. Also, I think a real key for this season for the Cardinals, you got to come out of the gates hot. And it's only going to be in an 82-game season. And under Mike Schilt, when he took over for Mike Matheny, had a great second half. Remember, last year was not a great first half. It was so-so. And then second half, they got on fire, made it into the NLCS. They got to come out hot initially. From the 6-3-6, what do you think Schilt does best as an in-game manager? Great question. 
I think his best asset is communication. He's always communicating with his players. In terms of in-game and what happens from a managerial perspective, base running, he, he totally cleaned that thing up with the fundamentals of defense, but base running first to third. And I think he's amazing. In this day and age, when we wait for the long ball, trying to find the time when to run, knowing those keys, going over the video, first base coach on a stopwatch, understanding your guy, where he's at, getting reads, those kind of things. He knows when to push the buttons. And one of the things I love about Mike is that one time we were talking about base running, he said, you know, we are supposed to be entertainment, right? You know, we're supposed to make this fun. We, we want people to buy tickets, watch on television, listen to the games. So we're trying to give them some entertainment along the way. Well, I like to run. I like to put the ball in play. And and I do think that that is very, very important. Um, let's see. 314, if Major League Baseball players were sent a yes-no text by the league asking if they wanted to have a season, which is what happened in the NBA, what percentage do you think would say yes? Uh, overall, I think well above 50% would say yes. As long, Well, first of all, I'd say over close to 100 if they felt that testing was going to be there and they felt comfortable and it was going to be a safe environment. I think all the players would say uh, uh, yes. I, I think younger players especially, though, even if it's going to be a, you know, you're taking a risk, I think younger players would definitely say more so than the older players. Older players have made their money. They're set. Maybe they don't want to take that chance. I get it, and I don't blame them. I think younger players are saying, I want to get to the money. I need to have some money. I want to stay sharp. I'm planning on playing five or ten more years younger players are going to say yeah i'm going to take that chance i do think that's what's going to happen uh i want to remind you that we have play gloria the st louis blues run to the cup that's every thursday and friday night and you can hear the replay of two classic games from the blues historic run and it's behind the scenes commentary from the voice of the blues chris kerber this thursday the blues sharks game three that's the hand pass game looking forward to that hubbard radio's deserving delivery saying thank you to those helping care for our community i love what we're doing here today's very deserving delivery is going to the great folks working at shrewsbury police department and st louis fire department districts uh, three and four their awesome staff will be enjoying 100 meals today delivered by pietros all right pietros on watson road those meals are courtesy of hubbard st louis good friends at walter knoll florist and thank you walter knoll Our continued gratitude to all those great folks working in our medical community and on the front lines from our station and the entire Hubbard St. Louis radio family. Do you know where I grew up? In St. Louis. Yes, sir. You're a a Vianney guy. Yep. Where exactly? Well, I'm going to tell you what. I kept Pietro's in business for a long time with my grandma. (laughs) My grandmother, God rest her soul, would take me to Pietro's. You can get the Bob Burns there. They get the Bob Bragg special. They got such good food. South City, Pietro's. Love those folks. They've been in business forever. So one of my favorite places to still go. My mom lives in South City. She's she's listening right now. Mom, when the time is right, we're going to Pietro's because they're doing great things for our community. Sound good? Sounds great. I'll take you, Colin. You can you can meet my mom. That that sounds like just an incredible opportunity. I mean, it's been pretty awesome to work with you on well, the show, I appreciate Dan. It. You too. But to get to go to Pietro's with your mother, now that's that's on another level. That's a South Side tradition, baby. We're gonna, we're going to get you into <laughs> South Side. All right. Colin Surrey is our producer. Clarkson Jewelers brings us our time check. Ten forty eight. I've run late again. Sorry. I'm going to get better with the clock. Just believe me. I got ribs and BK. The crossover next.
More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. The encouraging thing is, you know, everybody's motivated to play, everybody being players, owners, you know, clearly the commissioner's office. And so, you know, now we're getting to a point where there's a little more clarity and, like I say, optimism about being able to put together a plan that has some legitimacy and holding up to allow us to play baseball again, hopefully, like I say, sooner rather than later. Optimism, I like it. Mike Schilt uh, earlier on this show, Scoops with Danny Mack, a couple of segments ago. Mike Schilt, the Cardinal manager. This is the crossover, Ribs and BK. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Uh, BK, I'll start with you. What do you got coming up on the show? So we got some fun stuff today, man. We got Chris Kerber and you coming up. We also Thanks for have reminding me. Darren I forgot about Draker, it. <laughs> uh, NHL insider. He's going to be coming up at 1 o'clock. I want to react to something that Mike Schilt said with you earlier today, Danny Mac, because he said, and this was just kind of in passing, you know, if they end up going with some more doubleheaders, they probably are going to have to go to a six-man rotation. The way that he said that, the open-mindedness that he had in doing so, I think tells you a lot about the potential advantage that the Cardinals are going to have because of their manager in a shortened season. He's really good. He's really smart, lives, breathes, eats baseball. He's been doing this since he was a little kid, literally shining shoes in the in the clubhouse. I mean, he's been around it his entire life. The other thing that kind of got my attention was um, when he talked about if you have extra innings and do you start the runner at second base? And he said, well, I'd really rather see it start at third. And he goes, for a myriad of reasons, but we won't go into that. And I don't know. I just found some of the things that he had to say were very, very well thought out and interesting. Yeah, I wanted him to go into that. Yeah. Personally, I was like, come on, Shelty, Let's go. Tell me why you like third better. We're going to have to pin him down and get an answer at some point. He loves talking baseball. You get him on here and talk baseball, he's in. Well, I'd like to, but you won't give me his number. I'll give you his number. It's no problem. <laughs> I'm just mess with you. Here's a question I got for you, Danny Mack, about yep. Mike Schilt. And this goes back to the very beginning of Stalter and Rivers when we were doing the middays together. Anthony Stalter and I had a discussion, disagreement, whatever, on what Mike Schilt likes to sit back at night and drink as he's maybe around the campfire or even just watching something late at night. I was like, this guy's a moonshine guy. Mike <laughs> Schilt, we're talking like Mississippi moonshine, just sipping on it, maybe a little flavor, a little fruit flavor uh-huh. in there, and just kind of getting his buzz on just a little bit. You know, that's what I think. And Stalter thought I was crazy, of course, but... Do you have any insider information I, on this? I don't. I think if he does have a cocktail, it'd be just a glass of wine, you know, because okay. he's Damn. he's always looking at video and and studying the game. Um, we actually had a player. I'm not going to say who it was. Uh, not not that far long ago, but he uh, he made his own moonshine. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he came on. It's the, a lost art. Yeah, he came on. Had had a little moonshine. Um, Mike, by the way, when he was, this might give you a little bit more insight into to Mike, but when he was told that he was wanting, that the Cardinals wanted to hire him, it was an off day, and he got a phone call on the off day, and he was reading a book. It was the Bible. Oh, Seriously. wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, I mean, he's Southern guy, you know? and Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah. the moonshine, it yeah. kind of made sense. He's got a little twang in his accent. I'm like, okay, this guy might be, he might be my guy here. Ricky O'Horton always has a great statement. He says, don't confuse meekness for weakness. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, Mike Schild or, or a guy like that, you look at pretty calm for the most part, but I think we all got a little insight into how he was when his speech went viral. I was about to say, I feel like we kind of got a pretty good glimpse into what oh, Mike Schild is he, like behind the scenes. Gets, I couldn't have, have loved an individual I loved it too. more. I loved it too. But that's Mike Schild. I'm telling you, this I guy burns, man. He burns to get the, the competition and winning and, and protecting his players. And that's why his players love him. And I mean, that's they, why, too, 
I thought, mm, you know what? Maybe he's not just a beer guy. Hmm. Maybe he... Maybe he likes a little moonshine. He likes a little kick to him. He's got some fire in him, you know? I can't confirm one way or another. I just don't know. Going to have to get him on and talk to him about it. All right. Ribs BK coming up. It's next. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.